We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This hour is being brought to you by Busey Bank. Ray, let's go. Yo, Holmes! Lawrence Holmes. Holmes runs it really well. Noon to two. Holmes doing what Holmes does. On Sports Radio 670 The Score. Yo, Holmes! And 670thescore.com. In Odyssey Station. Russell Dorsey, national MLB insider for Bally Sports and Stadium. President Jed Hoyer always talks about, you know, who's going to be a part of that next great Cubs team. They think Seiya Suzuki is going to be a big part of that. A guy who is really turned into a stud and could likely be an MVP candidate, Luis Robert, has all the tools, the power, the speed. Host of the Rally on Bally Sports. If you could ban something from sports for 10 years, what would it be? I would say the wave. It's a bit too much. Co-host of the Sports Adjacent Podcast. I don't let it get to that point where I have a thousand unread emails. I have 277 right now. You have bodies in your house, bro. Russell Dorsey. What's up, Russell? With Lawrence Holmes on 670 The Score. The Russ joins us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. I feel like I'm watching Russ on Twitch right now. Twitch.tv slash Chicago 670 the score. Like I can also just see him in the Zoom. What's up, bro? Um Yo. I feel like I know where you are in the in the United Center building right now. And it feels like they okay, did where, they force you out I? of your spot, man. So usually I'm in the conference room, but they were actually like, you know, having a little conference. <laughs> Instead of me going in there, sneaking in there and closing the doors like I do my head. Um I'm out here. On the uh, this would be the south side of the building. Yeah, like I, you're you're looking right at Malcolm Malcolm X College out that window. Yes, yes, and then uh, the hospital out this way. All right, okay, cool. I'm I'm glad that you found a space where you could come and do the show today. Before we talk about the White Sox or the Cubs, I want to talk about the big news in baseball: Joe Madden yeah. being fired yesterday. Were you expecting him to be a in season? firing or did this catch people off guard Lawrence, this team was 27 and this is why i talk about this team i mean the angels 27 and 17 two weeks ago right like it's insane what's happened to the angels you lose 13 straight games uh 12 straight before they fired joe madden and it's like you know how it goes and whether it's football the nba the manager your head coach that's going to be the fall guy in a lot of these instances and you know joe's not going out there and playing all nine positions like you have mike trout goes into the worst slump of his career during the stretch and obviously that's a correlation of why the angels when you don't have the best player in the world playing like the best player in the world you're going to lose games but also if they're 0 and 7 in june they have a minus 25 run differential a 484 ops as a team and a 558 team era 
in June. Like, they're not doing a lot of things right. And so Joe ended up being the fall guy for that. And I think if you look at Joe's track record of where he's been, uh, sometimes things run its course with Joe. I think at the same time, this is a roster that has underachieved. And it was before Joe Madden got there. But they brought Joe in to think that he could take that team to the next level with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani and Anthony Rendon. And they just hadn't done that. So, you know, they felt they needed to shake things up. And I don't think after – when you lose 10 in a row, that's when it really gets people's attention. Then you just have to see what a franchise wants to do. Like, do you say, all right, we're going to cut our losses right now and try to salvage the rest of our season? And that's what the Angels did. I was a little surprised just because I know how close Joe is with Artie Moreno. And that this reunion of him being back with the Angels – it was a huge deal to him. I talked with him at spring training a couple years ago. He toured me around the facility out there, and he was so – I hadn't seen him that happy in a while. And, yeah. and so seeing it in like this, I'm sure it's, it's harsh for everyone, and Joe was saying, don't feel bad for me. I'll be fine. Do you think that he'll manage again? Absolutely, 100%. Like, there's <laughs> a lot of uh, – I'm not going to – there are a lot of managers that probably are on their last legs around the big leagues. I think you look at a couple of different uh, markets. There are managers who are definitely on the hot seat. Uh, if the White Sox disappoint and either miss the playoffs or are first round out again, I would imagine that they at least start thinking about uh, a move. But I, I don't think it's hard for me to imagine after the way they brought Tony Arusa in that they would just fire him. Like in my mind, I don't even think I think it's a Tony. It's a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, retire type thing. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, I, don't, I, I think you at least – well, I, I won't say – I'll speak for other organizations. You would at least think about it in the situation that the White Sox are in. I just don't know with the dynamic that they have over there that they would do that. Um, but, yeah, I think Joe manages again. And, you know, there's a, there are going to be a lot of openings, whether it's right now or at the end of the season, uh, of teams looking for new managers. He's a bit of an acquired taste, and he would tell yeah. you that that is, is the case. When when he walked a batter with the bases loaded, it caught a lot of people's attention. And because he's unorthodox, do you think that that, that along with the losing streak, is like, you know what, we might need to go with someone that's a little bit safer to try and fix all of this? And Phil Nevin is definitely that. I mean, I would imagine that's part of it. Like, I, I, I think the whole we needed a new voice when an organization says that i think that speaks to that in, in a lot of different ways uh it sounded like it was cordial between both sides at the same time that doesn't mean that they didn't think you know maybe guys weren't listening anymore like you disappoint uh you guys got and, and look they had missed the postseason every year since 2012 they hadn't uh you know since joe came in in 2020 they hadn't gone to the postseason. And, and you look at context there, you only had Mike Trout for 36 games last year. Like if I don't have the best player in the world on my team when that was a big draw of me coming there, that's going to be an issue. At the same time, look, maybe there was a philosophy uh, difference, right? Where maybe Joe thought one thing and the Angels front office thought another. Uh, and so I, I just think at the end of the day, you, you couldn't just let it continue to go on, right? Like if, Let's say they lose 20 games in a row with the same with Joe as your manager because now you have guys not, you know, say, like, oh, well, we're going to lose again tonight. And you start guys thinking about Cancun and all this other stuff in the middle of the season. Like, 
June just started. There's four months left in the season. You want to try to salvage um, the rest of it, uh, especially with you know a, a postseason landscape now where there's an extra wild card team and you still have an opportunity to make the postseason. Do you think it matters that that Mike Trout doesn't really have postseason experience? Like we can still talk about him as the greatest player ever without that, or does he need more postseason validation? Absolutely not. Like I think he is one of the greatest players to ever walk this earth already, and he just turned thirty years old. Like I think you could, if he never played another game, there I think he would be able to get into the Hall of Fame right within a 10 year span he's that good and i think in a sport like baseball where it is the most you know outside of golf or tennis where you're out there by yourself it's in the most individualized sport in most individualized team sport where yes this is there's nine of us out here but i do my job i can do my job well like look at mike trout he is one of the best players to ever play this game and he's been to the postseason one time like it's not like you have nine Mike Trouts out there. So we had an argument on the Sports Adjacent podcast that will come out tomorrow where uh, Tony just said, you know what, Mike Trout, it's your fault that Joe got fired. And I'm like, Tony, (laughs) you're an idiot, and I'm not talking to you anymore, and I'm muting your mic. Um, But, yeah, like in an individualized sport like baseball, you can have somebody be the best player we've ever seen, and you just don't have that level of success. You don't have – um, you know, that postseason uh, experience. And look, they've gone through a lot of managers since Mike Trout, you know, got there. Like, they've been through a lot of uh, GMs since Mike Trout got there. You can only do so much uh, as a player, and, and, and he's done that. So it, it's, it's unfortunate for us as baseball fans where it's like, man, this is the best player I've ever seen, and I've gotten to see him in the postseason one time. Well, Tony has a lot of of love for Joe Madden, like a lot. He does. So know that that's a, like the place that he's come from. That was that was probably Tony's singular, like that was the launching pad for Tony as a producer. The stuff that we were doing with Joe Madden. So I get it. I get it. I get the cookie thing and all that. And well, I, but this, well, this well Joe like set and- him straight on the cookie thing. Like what what had happened was, Russ, is that what Tony thought, Tony thought because Joe is a little bit of an other world thinker, he thought like that Tony. he had a kindred Yeah. He thought that he had a yeah. kindred spirit in him and that Joe was gonna be with him on his ridiculous oatmeal raisin cookie thing. And Joe blasted him, Russ. Like it wasn't it wasn't just like, no, nah, I prefer chocolate chip. He was like I don't understand how anyone could prefer chocolate uh, oatmeal raisin over chocolate chip. And, I mean, he he gave it to him. He gave him the business for ninety seconds on the topic. I get it. I get it. And 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 most people should give it to Tony like that uh, when he says these ridiculous <laughs> things because it it, it, it is it, he, he blamed Mike Trout for for Joe Madden getting fired when Mike Trout has been the best player of the last of this generation. And like me and Jason have this thing where. We make fun of Tony because anybody who has ever been nice to him, now they, that person can do no wrong. That's right. That person gets elevated up. But I appreciate Tony's loyalty because that's nah, the one thing nah. that you know about him is that he's a loyal man and he cares he deeply about things. How fun, is this, how fun is this Chris Morrell story? Man, for a team that uh, otherwise would 
is likely going to be selling for a fan base that saw Baez, Brian, or Rizzo get traded for a team that didn't see their team really spin big this offseason outside of you know Marcus Stroman and, and grabbing Seiya Suzuki um, in the international free agent market. It's huge, and it's taken a lot of the attention off of where they are in their competitive window right now. Uh, we're going to have to start talking about that in the next couple of weeks because there are going to be some teams that are interested in the last face, you know, one of the last faces of their franchise in Wilson Contreras. And uh, it, I don't know if they bring that, like, even if they didn't trade Wilson, like, I don't know if they extend Wilson or bring him back uh, if he goes to free agency. And look, look, it's not just the Cubs and Wilson. Like, I wrote a column about Aaron Judge yesterday. Aaron Judge is having maybe the greatest walk year we've ever seen in baseball. The guy might hit 65 home runs in a walk year. He's going to be able to have a blank check. But if you look at Wilson, and, and that, even that guy said, look, uh, I'm going to go free agency. I'm going to talk to 30 teams. The Yankees will be one of them. Wilson could have the same attitude. It's like, look, I'm going to go to free agency. I'm going to talk to 30 teams. The Cubs will be one of them. Um, but at the same time, if you don't think you're going to be competing anytime soon, you got to think about it, right? Like, I, I know everybody, it's always, oh, the Cubs have money. I would agree with that sentiment. Like, the Rickets definitely have the money to pay top-tier free agents a lot of money to come play for the Chicago Cubs. But until I see that, you know, they've been a little gun-shy with it after uh, the U Darvish contract, right? Uh, and so, for me, Say Suzuki is a start. Wilson Contreras is a start, but it has to be more than those guys. And I don't know I, – I, I guess where they are in terms of their rebuild is the mystery, right? Like, are they in the middle because they'll spend big in off season? Maybe I thought I was maybe on that train before the season started, but maybe they're closer to the beginning of a rebuild, right? Where you do, you're trying to see what these kids are to know, okay, this guy could play here. This guy could play here. And then we spend big on player X and free agency, and now you're in a, okay, let's get to 80 wins range, and then let's get to try to go from 80 to 90. I, I think that's the big question of where are they actually in their rebuild? Because we know they're in a rebuild, but where are they in that trajectory would be my next question. I ask you this every week when we talk about the White Sox, Russ. Yeah. Are we finally starting to see things turn towards the positive for them? I think you have Jose Abreu starting to realize, oh, man, okay, I can still hit the ball. The, they still are – it still feels like they're missing something. Like, what Michael Kopech continues to do each week is so impressive to me, and it's a big deal. Like, I don't want that to get lost or bogged down because they don't play the best brand of baseball. Like, him being a stud starting pitcher is a really big deal because for a while there you didn't know – Okay, is he going to be stuck in the bullpen? Is he going to be a closer? No, he is a bona fide number one right now, especially when Lucas Giolito doesn't look like himself. So it's, really, it, it's important that he's pitching the way he is uh, currently with Lance Lynn still on the shelf and Giolito figuring things out. I do think they don't look as bad as they did maybe when we talked about it three weeks ago, two weeks ago, but I, they don't play – a crisp brand of baseball and for a team that has a margin for error as small as they do it's i have a struggle saying okay they've turned the corner because they can beat a team like the dodgers today and get swept by the cincinnati reds tomorrow you know what i'm saying like so 
I want to see it more consistently from them. Like, I, it's been a lot of two steps forward, three steps back. Until you can get three steps forward, one step back, and be more consistent and start getting guys healthy yeah, as you do your little dance there. Until I'm doing, I'm do doing the Paul Abdul because now, thanks a lot, Russ. That's going to be in my head all day. <laughs> DJ Scat Cat and Paul Abdul tap dancing up the stairs. Right, you need that. So, like, I need to see more consistency from the White Sox, and I don't think that's a uh, unfair ask from a fan base. It's like, I just want to see the White Sox, you know, have a consistent two weeks, not win a series and then get swept two straight series. Like, they need to be more consistent because the teams that they're chasing are more consistent than they are and play better baseball. Russ, I think you're on it. Yeah, I think you're 100 percent on it. And if you want more coverage like that, you should watch Russ on Stadium and Bally Sports. He's with a great crew over there. They have a ton of fun. My guy Cam Smith, like all my peoples is over there. Like I get jealous, man. I see all y'all hanging know, out. You and got I'm like, fans man. in the building now. I'm like, Yahoo Noise is over there. The faith, the noise. My guy Brad. Hey, man. Hey, man. You got fans in the building now. I ain't saying. I'm just saying. I just I love seeing you guys succeed, and that's a good place with a lot of really good people. So seeing you be there that makes me really really happy. Russ, as always, thank you for joining me. The next episode of of Sports Adjacent will drop tonight. Correct? Correct. Either late tonight or early morning on uh, Thursday. Yes. All right. I will. I am looking forward to seeing seeing what you guys come up with this week after the bathroom conversation that happened last week. Oh, jeez, yeah. Uh, that I don't know what it is about restrooms and Sports Adjacent Podcast, but we find ourselves in some precarious positions. What we, what we found out over the last couple of weeks, though, Russ, is that Tony should not be allowed to go places. Like, that's yes. it. Yes. I don't I, – I tell we, – we were talking about it yesterday. It's like, I don't know how Tony's parents have lived with him as long as they have. And should we be mad at Tony's parents for letting him out in public? I yeah, that's why we're all that's why we're all so amazed that he's marrying this bright, beautiful woman that puts up Smart. with his nonsense. Right. And I, well, me and Jason always say she's a little off too, even though we love Stephanie, his his lovely fiance. <laughs> she's a little off too for saying yes, I will marry this. The guy this. you know is Tony. Yes, Jones. yes, I will marry this. That that's the perfect I will marry way to put it. This. <laughs> Russ, have a great rest of your day, man. I'll talk to you. Hi, right, I appreciate it. That is Russ Dorsey of Stadium and Bally Sports. He's terrific. The Sports Adjacent Podcast is phenomenal as well. We need to take a break. When we come back, we'll get very White Sox centric. Why? Because the general manager of the White Sox spoke on a lot of issues that you've been bringing to me, whether it's on the Twitch stream or via text or you're hitting me up on Twitter. You'll hear what Rick Hahn has to say about where this team is at next on The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score. We have a couple of very nice pitching matchups for you. We'll start tonight with Michael Kopech on the hill, 26-year-old, taking on Mitch White, the 27-year-old. That's strike three. Michael Kopech fills up the bottom of the zone. He tried to earlier and got it there. One and two for Justin Turner. And that's strike three. Kopech lights up the zone with a fastball. In the booth for the Cubs. Oh, wow. Swing and a miss, strike three. Swing and a miss. Strike three, snapped off a slider. Man, that fastball has been really tough to find tonight. Strikeout number six. Swing and a miss, strike three. Two strikes. Check swing. He did. Strike three. Eight strikeouts for Kopech. Highlights courtesy of NBC Sports Chicago. Jason Benetti on the call. Michael Kopech has been a dominant force in the White Sox rotation. ERA at 1.94. His strikeout total, fantastic. He's closing in on the, the innings that he threw last year for the White Sox. And he seems like he's in command. A .941 whip for Michael Kopech so far this year. He was really terrific. I actually thought that last night, him and Mitch White made for, at least for the first few innings of it, really good watching. You're watching two guys command the strike zone really well. The White Sox as a team still struggle with the bases loaded. They are hitting in the, what, ones, the low ones with the bases loaded this season with a lot of opportunities, including two last night. Michael Kopech opponents are hitting in the low 100s against him all season long. It's crazy. But that doesn't mean that the White Sox don't have problems. There's still a game under 500. Maybe we're seeing things turn around. That would be great if that were the case. Take a look at the disaster that was Toronto. And then they go down to Tampa, take two out of three, and they start the series with the Dodgers off well with a win. Before the game, White Sox general manager Rick Hahn spoke. And all of those things that you've been wondering about, he gave voice to them, including being the Grim Reaper, which seems to be the case. So wait, let me just give you an idea of what goes on. Rick is really good about talking when the team comes off of a road trip. It's, it's kind of perfunctory now that he sits in front of the amassed media and discusses White Sox baseball. I think it's very helpful. I think it's a, an important part of any GM's job to do that, to allow for the fan base to kind of understand. But obviously, over the last few times that he's done it, it's been Rick talking about 
injuries. Like, that's been the thing. He's like the Grim Reaper. And while there's a lot of actual baseball content in here, he does start off with his Grim Reaper act talking about the injured guys. Aloy is going to play uh, left field tonight for Charlotte Knights as he continues his rehab assignment so that nobody gets too alarmed. The plan is for him not to play a full game tonight. So when you check the box scores and see him removed, that's part of the progression. He's progressing well physically. It's really, frankly, a matter of getting uh, his legs completely under him and getting his timing at the plate and rhythm back. So I don't have an exact time uh, to project his return, but it's, it's getting closer, knock on wood. Uh, Lance Lynn will be starting for Charlotte again this week, I believe on Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. He's going to go hopefully five innings and somewhere over 70 to 80 pitches that night. If that goes smoothly, we'll then have a conversation about uh, next steps for him, which could well include being activated in Chicago. Where else should I go? Tim Anderson. Tim had a, a good weekend in Tampa in terms of his healing and progression towards rehabilitation. Don't have a timeline just yet on a potential rehab assignment for Tim. Hopefully things continue on this path, hopefully sometime when we're on the next road trip. But hopefully at some point over the next road trip, we're able to get Tim uh, on a rehabilitation assignment and then go from there for his return. Uh, I believe the original projection on him was approximately three weeks and we remain on that path. Joe Kelly and Vince Velasquez, both of them hopefully are off a mound at some point during this homestand and then progressing towards a rehab assignment uh, again sometime when we're on the next road trip. Vince's was was relatively minor, so he's probably a tick ahead of Joe, but they're both by ideally sometime this month will both be activated by with, the end of the month. With Aloy, yeah. we saw him come out of that nope. game, the first one he played, I think, with the, a little bit on the swing. Yeah, yeah. That, Tony kind of made it sound like that didn't really have an effect on, on the timeline or the plan for him when it um, happened. Well, Is there more specifics on what that did? First and foremost, he felt a little discomfort in the, in the leg or behind the knee. Now, he actually was fortunate that he had Lance Lynn, who went through a similar procedure, sitting right there with him to explain to him that, yeah, that's, that's going to happen from time to time, that there was nothing to be alarmed about, wasn't any sort of physical setback. It was just really part of the of the process of building back to playing regularly. We obviously didn't play him the next couple of days, so he did lose out a little bit on those ABs, so maybe it slowed this process down a little bit, but not not materially. How do you, though, in light of all those injuries you just went through, assess where your team is at now in June? Yeah, it's, a, it's well, it's published in the paper every day where our team's at, so I get a pretty objective measure, but I feel like we've been endured, which hopefully will be our toughest part of the schedule, certainly from a uh, opponent standpoint, but more importantly from a manpower standpoint where we have been from a, who's been available. We expect that to improve here over the coming weeks. Certainly segments of the past two months that we can be proud of going, I think, 11-8 and eight or something like that against the Yankees, Red Sox, and Tampa is pretty good and something that certainly answers some of the concerns about our ability to match up against good teams. Obviously, there's been some stretches there that have been pretty disappointing and some ruts that on the positive side, we've been able to pull ourselves out of, but on the negative, you don't want to ever have to endure. I think right now in that clubhouse, and that coach's room, there's a lot of optimism and excitement to get some of these guys back and to hopefully, like I said, build on some of the momentum from this past weekend. You guys aren't ones to, and I'm not saying that we should talk about manager change here, but talking about what happened in Philly and L.A., you guys don't really do that. Is that kind of an organizational philosophy? We don't really do what? Fire, fire someone during the season. You know what I mean? Is that kind of an organizational philosophy? No, 
I'm trying to come up with a counterpoint to show my no is appropriate, and I can't come up with one <laughs> immediately in my couple of decades that I've been here. Gene Lamont. Gene Lamont, I think I was in high school, but I'm not sure I can take responsibility for Gene Lamont, but sure, yeah, Gene Lamont, we bounced him. Did you write, uh, you write a letter? <laughs> I did not write a letter saying that you should fire Gene Lamont. I got some nasty letters this past week, though, to speak of. The short answer is no. There is not some sort of organizational edict of that we do not let people go midstream. We do have, and, and this certainly predates me, like Gene Lamont, you want people to have the information about how they need to get better before you make a change. You don't want anyone to be surprised by making a change. And that applies not just in the dugout or coaching staff, that's the scouts, that's the player development, that's the people in the front office. So we are conscientious about making sure people have the information before a change is made, so to give them a chance to improve. But there certainly is no organizational edict against change or something like that. How do you sort of, uh, how can you kind of evaluate the job Tony has done in the first couple of months? I mean, look, there's been challenges for across the board here for everyone. We've responded to some pretty well, and we've we've muddled our way through some others. That's not just on Tony. That's the front office. That's me. That's the coaches and the players themselves. I think we're, we're in this as an organization, and none of us as an organization are satisfied with where we're at right now. But I think to a man and to a woman, we feel good about what the next several months hold for us potentially. You talked about getting guys back healthy. Mm-hmm. How important is it to get Grandel back to being you know, I think it's important. I think that last year, obviously, he got off to a similarly slow start and then wound up being one of the, if not the most valuable catcher in the American League, certainly close to it. And that helped us significantly over the course of last season. As I've said to you a couple of times already this season, remain confident in his ability to return close to that form, and I think that's going to be a nice shot in the arm for us when that happens. Man, that would be terrific if if it were to come to pass that Yasmani Grandal was like that. The weird thing about Grandal is that his his value is wrapped up in him getting in, getting on base. And I know that fans of of Yasmani Grandal would say his value is also wrapped up in pitch framing, which is valuable. But I feel like his pitch framing is negated by some of the other stuff catching-wise that he doesn't do well. Pass balls, balls that he flat-out misses, the other things defensively that you want a catcher to do. If he could just start walking again and become a threat to get on base, it would it would go a long way for the White Sox. The other stuff that I thought was interesting that Rick had to say, they clearly believe that they have weathered the storm from a schedule standpoint. And there's some reason to believe them when you look at the way that especially the month of June sets up for them and them getting to this series with the Dodgers in what's a really tough stretch, Toronto, Tampa, and then L.A. I hope that they're as good as he thinks they're going to be against the rest of their schedule. And and you have to you have to look at it from the perspective of are the White Sox themselves in a better spot? Instead like that's where I'm you know me, I'm always checking on the twins, but 
from a day in day out basis are the White Sox playing the best version of baseball that they can and I would I would say that they have not maybe all of that changes when you get Lance Lynn back and you get TA back maybe all of that changes you get Eloy back but now I I also think that you have to if you're projecting the White Sox and you're projecting them as a team that you think can win a division or win a World Series, I don't think that you can ignore the injuries. I'm not trying to say that anyone's injury prone or anything like that. It's just that whenever the White Sox have felt like they were starting to go forward, they run into injuries that kind of derail them. So does that change the way that... no one could say, oh, well, this guy's going to miss 25 games. But I think it'd be silly to go, if you are banking on your team being healthy the entire way, I find that to be a little naive, too, because the history is prologue in this case with this particular team. I'm not even assessing blame or fault. I'm just saying if you look at the history of the White Sox over the last three seasons, you see a team that struggles to stay healthy enough. And if they could stay healthy enough, then no one would be nervous. Everyone would be like, oh, yeah, like everything's going to be fine. And it might be. It When you see someone like Kopech take this step where he's at in his development, it's it, – I the White Sox deserve credit, and I think Tony LaRusso deserves some credit. I think that – LaRusse's handling of Kopech last year was the best thing that he did as a manager. Now that might be organizational. Like that maybe I'm giving the credit to Tony, and that's really Tony and Rick and everyone else, and Ethan Katz and everyone else. But when it came to the deployment of him last year and the handling of a situation that could have gone sideways, you have a guy that's a huge prospect that everyone knew was destined to be a starter. For him to accept the role that the White Sox gave him and then for the White Sox to figure out how to make it all work, they they get credit for that. I think they, they should get some credit, a very small amount of credit, for cutting bait on Dallas Keuchel. I think that he's bad on the mound, and I'm not sure that he was too great inside the clubhouse either. And you get to... Take some other chances. I hope that Rick's right. I hope that even though their schedule now is filled with teams that are going to be at or below 500, that they can take advantage of it. It's still on them to take advantage of all of these things. Someone on Twitch said, never give TLR credit. No, I'm going to give him credit when I think he's done something right. I think that he's done a great job of ingratiating himself to T.A., and to Abreu, and I think that he handled Kopech really well last year. If we're talking about game-in, game-out strategy, if you look at some of the moves that were made this weekend against Tampa, he deserves some credit. Even last night, pushed the right buttons on pinch hit opportunities. And the White Sox were able to take advantage of Dave Roberts thinking that he should not pitch to Yoan Moncada. 
I wonder what that does for Moncada's confidence. I mean that in a positive way. Like, oh, they're not going to pitch to me. Yeah, sure, I'm hitting 155. But they're not going to pitch to me? That's right. Better not pitch to me. Damn Skippy. Come back. I want to talk about Joe Madden. We'll do that next here on The Score. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score. The score. And 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. A couple years ago when the Cubs and Joe Madden parted ways, I was a little sad, but I understood why both parties would want to go and do something different. And I got a chance um, to talk with Joe out in California, in Arizona, not in California, in Arizona, as he was getting ready to start managing the Angels, and he couldn't have been happier to be back with that franchise because that franchise meant a lot to him. So I was a little bit surprised. I wasn't totally stunned, but a little bit surprised that they fired him yesterday. It's weird how it's been framed like on MLB Network, relieved of his duties. Like He's fired. And that stinks for Joe. And I think it stinks a little bit for baseball. I think he's one of the, the more interesting people around baseball. And, and you kind of do fall into the categories of you're either 100% in, like I am, like Tony Gill is, on Joe Madden, or you're 100% out. And that doesn't mean that you can't question walking a hitter with the bases loaded and that hitter's name is not Barry Bonds. But a team going through a 12-game losing streak, you wonder what are the, the factors that went into that And it seems like the Angels couldn't take off the table that the manager was a factor in why they were losing games. It's not Joe's fault, but he might be one of the reasons. And now we'll see what they do. They lost their first game under fighting Phil Nevin. Joe Madden says that he wants to continue to manage. If that's how he truly feels, I hope that he gets another chance to. But whenever he retires, someone should just put a microphone in front of him because he's a, a, a ready-built star in the media industry. All you have to do is put a mic in front of him and say go. Speaking of which, I'll talk with Parkinson Spiegel about that and more next on The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.